I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cult, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to the weekly dose of geeky goodness, Treks and Sci-Fi. And we're going to do a special show today for you. They're all special. And uh, today is no exception. It is January 14th, 2018. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> and it is January. Uh, yeah, I already said January 14th. It is podcast. Get this. It's podcast 666. Oh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, I'm here. Oh, well, I, that was that's just a just an amazing coincidence, Brian. So uh, so on the Skype uh, line with me today is is my long friend on the Replica Prop Forum, Treks and Sci-Fi, Skype, so forth and so on, Brian Dunn. Hello, Brian. Hello, Rico, and hello, Treks and Sci-Fi. Great to be back with you all. Um, yeah, it's a great been time. a while since we've done, You just you and I have done a show together. I'm trying to think, yeah, maybe I was, Blade Runner? I was to think, or, yeah, well, uh, it's was, been a long time. What was the show that we we did one? It was, I, it was years ago. I know we did Blade Runner. Didn't oh, we? that was it. Right. Yeah, we did Blade Runner at least. So, um, and I haven't I haven't even talked to you, but I haven't talked to you directly since twenty forty nine. Did you like it? I did. I did. I did like it. Uh, I I found it 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 seemed like the kind of movie it needed to be. I mean, is is it perfect? You know, nothing is. But I liked it a lot. I didn't find it terribly long. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a nice follow-up. I mean, it's a real tricky thing to do. So, what did you yeah. think? I loved it. I thought it was. Yeah. I saw it. I think I saw it twice. Um, yeah, I saw it twice in theaters, and um, it's. Um, it you know, if there hadn't been a Star Wars movie this year, that would have been my favorite movie of 2017 for sure. It was just real different than than you know most other things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like, like like they really. They really tried hard to make it its own thing, I guess. Yeah. I, I, you know, everyone talks about these days, and we had a, a, a long thread going on on the on the Facebook group about, you know, all the superhero movies, all, all the comic book things, you know, all the, you know, all these movies that, you know, are, are people are saying there's too much of the same. And I'm like, well, you want something different, folks. There you have Blade Runner 2049. And guess what? Didn't make a lot of money. 
No, boy, it was that was disappointing to say the least. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they, somewhat really when you think about the cachet, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, I I really think they nailed the uh, the look, the the sound, the music. Um, the story the story was good. It wasn't. It didn't blow my socks off, but I mean, it was it was good. The performances were were, were very good. So yeah, it, it was it was a, a an ambitious ambitious movie. And you know, my hats off to uh, Dennis Villeneuve for uh, taking a crack at that he's doing dune now he's getting ready to to do a new D, a dune reboot yeah right exactly and i and again i just i i just thought it was really really well done and i, I really want to sit down and watch it again i think it comes out this week on uh, dvd blu-ray and all that but uh yeah but that's not what we're here to talk about folks if you picked up on some of the background music i'm trying to play during this show we're actually going to talk about uh one of our favorite subjects star wars <laughs> and, and even more specifically star wars props uh, you know, the, um, the, and I've just noticed, I had no idea that, that YouTube, I'm playing this music on my iPad, that YouTube slips in ads during watching something, not just at the beginning. When did that start? Uh, when Mark, Mark Zuckerberg needed some more money. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah. He ran out of money last yesterday or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I you know, I, I just thought I'd use a simple thing and have the iPad sitting here and play a little music off of it. But, uh. All right, so uh, yeah, so the idea with this was I, I put up a post on, on the Trex and Sci-Fi Facebook group uh, a short time back and said, you know, it, it was about basically the the, the Grayflix, you know, flash handle being used as the basis for the original Luke Skywalker, you know, Anakin slash whatever a million a million users Ray whatever <laughs> uh, uh, lightsaber prop. And, and I don't know, there were the, the comments there were like, oh, I never knew that, da, 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 da. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? I just thought <laughs> everybody after 50, 40 years plus uh, knew this by now. So Brian and I are, are huge fans of Star Wars, of course, and huge prop, you know, aficionados, collectors, yep. lovers, whatever. Yep. All <laughs> the above. Yeah. So, and, it's, and, and it's worth noting that I know you because of the graphics lightsaber prop because yeah. that was the entire reason that I joined the replica prop forum where you and I met was to find out what you know what were the props of Star Wars how I could find replicas of them and you know that was back in 2000 and I think one I joined or yeah 2001 something so, around there something around basically I, I want to say like around prequel time you know yeah. for the movies Yep. And uh, yeah, we got to know each other on there. And then, of course, Treks and Sci-Fi and since that time. But um, the um, so I, I thought what we would go through and do here is try to give people out there who may not know this stuff. And if you do, we'll, we'll talk about it, too, obviously, and maybe bring a few things out that you didn't know or whatever. But um, I did a little I did a little scouting around this morning. I mean, a lot of this stuff I know I was trying to get some reference links pulled up and things like that. But um but I thought what we would do uh, is talk about, especially, you know, the first film and leading into other, you know, films in the saga. But the, you know, the, the crux of this, the basis of this, Brian, and feel free to jump in. It's just the two of us. So feel free to jump in any time and, and I'll pause eventually because, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll need a drink of my, uh, what am I drinking here? Vitamin water. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, but, but the. A big part of the the early days of Star Wars, and 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 certainly for the first movie, which at that time was just called Star Wars. Uh, if you don't know that, it was never labeled A New Hope until 
When did that happen, anyway? I'm trying to remember. I, 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 I After Return the, of the Jedi, even? Or when? No, no, was no. It? it was it was during the, the I think, the re-release. Uh, Re-re-re-release uh, or something. Yeah, the, the, the re-release of, of Star Wars in theaters, I think, in, I guess, 79, prior to Empire Just Strikes Back. before Empire? Did they, did they really yeah. give it a new hope then? Boy, that, that's, uh, may, maybe we'll, uh, we'll look that up before we end today, just to make, you know, whatever, but... I thought it was a video release. I thought it actually didn't show up, or the show, it showed up the first time on a video release of some. That's kind. possible. Maybe one of the on a VHS or Betamax release. That's but, possible. Uh, but anyway, the, the, my point about that was, the first film uh, was was not a big budget affair. I mean, I guess it was sort of a big budget affair for back then to a degree. It was over. It was over budget yeah, for 20th look, look. Century Fox. <laughs> well, because of course, and not to not to, but I think this is all connected to the whole prop story. Uh, and and what they did, not just the props, but everything that went into making it, the the interiors of the Millennium Falcon, and and, and a lot of things, the models and all that. It, mm. You know, George Lucas had a hard hard time getting this movie made. Yeah. You know, he yeah, went no, to definitely. like every studio in town, and everyone kept turning him down. And when well, he ended it, up on Fox, right? It, it, yeah, you know, it yeah, was like, okay, yeah. yeah, you can make it, but what they were going to give him like five million to make something very. No, I did think it they, balloon I think up the, to then eight or nine eventually, but. I thought it was 15, uh, 15, the budget was 15 and eventually he, it ended up costing like 20, 20 or 25, I think. But the point is he had to, uh, pinch his pennies, you know, they, they, you know, they didn't have, he did not have a lot of money to go just create everything from scratch. Right. And, And if you think about science fiction films up until that point, um, most notably, obviously, you know, 2001, being sort of you know living large in the public consciousness, all of the props, the models, everything in that Stanley Kubrick film were all fashioned spe- specifically for the film. So everything looked you know like nothing you'd ever seen before, although it was familiar. So Lucas had the idea of having his his galaxy far, far away look have this lived in look. He wanted it to look like it was it had been around you know stuff had been there for. You right, know, a long yeah. time. So instead of fashion, or instead of going to the the process of creating something from scratch, sp- specifically for the film, whether it be an interior set, a uh, cockpit for a ship, a blaster, a lightsaber, he had a prop department in England. Basically, just take found items, going going to junkyards, going to old you know aircraft, you know maintenance facilities, and like IG 88's head is an, is part of a jet engine. I mean, so they 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 would literally just grab all of this crap, bring it back, and then start putting it together and tinkering with it to make it look like something practical that they could use in the movie and famously like the the stormtrooper blasters were old sterling submachine guns with you know windshield wiper blades stuck into the barrel to make it look different or just to make it look different enough for the purposes of the movie and that's how they came across these graphlex flash handles and you know if anyone's watching the crown obsessively like i am if you'll see when the, when people are taking photographs of Queen Elizabeth, a lot of the a lot of those cameras have those big flash handles on them, and you actually will see Graflexes in and amongst in the show. I was watching it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, there's a Graflex right there!" and uh, and that's all these things were. They were they were just an old 1920s, 1930s camera flash handle, and that was formed. That was the basis for what they decided to use for the lightsaber. Yeah, right. The the um, 
Yeah, the you know, and there there's like they're called two cell, three cell. The 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 th- the story that I always kept hearing, Brian, back in the day when we were getting, you know, we actually got only articles on in magazines. Remember, yeah. th- remember those days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't just go to Wikipedia or go online or Google or, or whatever. You had to like actually read a magazine article or read a newspaper. Uh, I don't want to sound like an old guy or anything like that, but uh, Too late. but but there's something about. That time that I, I I I think that added to the mystique a little bit. You know, we we would you know they had these special effects magazines and, and the um, you know I would just devour those things as I know you did too. And you know one of the things that they kept saying that I heard about a lot in with regards to the lightsaber and using the Graflex was that you know Elstree Studios, you know London, you know they had these things kind of laying around, right? These old flash guns, these old. Yeah. And and when when they they did some you know some of the Macquarie mock up you know paintings and things and George was talking to uh, you know some of the people that worked on this uh, like John Barry and who's that other guy Roger Christian I think yeah and uh, and they had so they had you know they wanted this little metal handle thing right and they had these they had these old flash camera flash handles that would basically it was a little handle that attached from the the main big box camera that they used back then to the like dome flash mechanism with the bulb and all and you see those old movies where they pop the bulbs out and all that stuff right Uh, so so that they had those around and and again where they were trying to both like you said brian finding finding something that that looked like it was a real thing rather than making something up making something quote-unquote like fake and also just the the ability to like well, we don't have to spend any money on that, right? Because all they did was sort of tweak it a little bit. Like you said, they put they put grips on it, and, and on the prop form, you know, especially they, uh, you know, people have discovered like what windshield wiper blades, whatever those those grips were made out of. Yeah, right? I, I think I think the the final decision on that was that they their the grips are actually were actually metal T track used in cabinets and ah uh, okay. Yeah, and so that I think that's what they decided, at least for A New Hope and and for Empire Strikes Back, that that's what they used. And I, I think, I think what really you know you mentioned the magazines of Days Gone Past and how this sort of became, you know, discovering what went into creating the lightsaber prop became this big deal. Um, I think with the advent of like when the films were on higher resolution formats of whether it be VHS or, or DVD, and people would start obsessively screen capturing images from the film and were able to all of a sudden see what it was that they were looking at. And I remember those threads on the Replica Prop Forum when the real discoveries about what actually went into making the Graphlex Prop lightsaber, those discoveries started to be made and people started discussing them and researching it and, and trying to source the original materials. And in the case of the New Hope lightsaber, I mean, it really is effectively... Like the calculator bubble, right, for the, right, for the, yeah, so, for the yeah, main switch they, there in the middle of it, yeah. Yeah, all they did was take the, take the handle and put the grips on the bottom. And for years, we thought there were six grips on the bottom and then eventually we figured out there were seven on the A New Hope version of the lightsaber. So it was seven seven black grips made of this T-Track material. And then the bubble strip came from a Hewlett-Packard calculator. It was the little, it, it was the bubbles behind the screen right. that would show the numbers. Where all the little and numbers were, right? Because I think it gives it a little bit of magnification, right? So it was right. sort of like yeah. a it's cannibalized like, old calculator. They just slid that into, this, into this, the spot where the, the flash would attach to the camera 
and because it was an empty space and that was it for for a new hope i mean that was literally oh and they put a a, a little d-ring on the bottom so that it could hang from uh mark hamill's belt for his costume right right before and, they came up with the prequel style of the little uh, the little plastic uh whatever it is i forget there's a name for it they use Cover but covertech Cover yeah co covertech or covertech Cover right yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it, that was that, and, and that was it. it but but what made it so much fun and so interesting was that it, you know it, it, for for you know for years and years, no one really knew exactly how this sort of all came together and what was used. And then as people became more the as the prequels were being made and, and the nostalgia for the props of a new hope sort of came into bloom in the in the late nineties in the early two thousands. Um, now all of a sudden people were fascinated. And I remember I remember. Graphlex flash handles on eBay were like, you know, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. As soon as they discovered yeah. that Star Wars <laughs> fans were converting these into into lightsaber props, 200, 300. I remember right before Force Awakens came out, there was another run on Graphlexes on eBay and I saw Graf I saw mint Graphlex flash handles selling for like $800. <laughs> It was nuts. Yeah, they they, they uh, now they seem to have settled into about two three hundred. You can get yeah. one for give or take. Depends on the on the condition of it, the quality. Depends if it's complete or not. Uh, and, and then yeah, once you once you get that, like like you were saying, there's not you don't have to do a lot more to it to right. to modify it. And and there are of course either the prop form or you can get things off eBay to do your own. You know. As authentic, I guess, as you can get to to a um, you know like it was in the first movie. Yeah. There have been, of course, a ton of uh, very well done replicas. Yep. Uh, of that piece, you know, master. To, to this day, there's a guy. Yeah. There's a guy here in Arizona. Um, who, oh, you got uh, one of those, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Right? The, the build your yep. own kind of a thing one, right? Yep. Exactly. Uh, he's he's selling graphics replicas. He's selling. Um, Vader MPP replicas. We can talk about that later too. But um, yeah, he's he he makes them in parks. Parks um, was the guy who was really the replica the replica graphics guru for you know many years. Um, he's a, a I think he's out of California. Jeff Parks was his name. Right. Right. He yeah, and and so he would make replicas that were you know identical to to the the real flash handles. But having said that, you know I have I have an actual Graflex, and it's kind of cool to have a real 1930s flash handle that you can build your lightsaber out of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I there was actually in a in a small little town near me uh, back. Um, oh, I did this years ago when I was on the prop forum. I think in the early days. If you ever find, I, I don't think they're around nearly as much as they used to because cameras, you know, are all on your phones now. And uh, But you, I went to an old old camera shop, right? So, uh, yeah. And I found a, uh, a Graflex in, in an old camera shop. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. And, uh, and, and I, I, it's, I never completely finished it. it. It's sitting in a box but uh, but yeah, it, it was and uh, and I think I even found, I think I found the um, we're, we I guess we could talk about it now too. Um, Darth Vader's lightsaber from, mm -hmm. you know, the first movie and then eventually in Empire, was also another flash handle, but a different yep. one, right? An MPP micro flash. I think you already said that. Yeah. Uh, which is a uh, it's a British uh, flash unit, right? I think. 
Yeah, that's right. Graflex is, um, was a company out of Rochester, New York, and uh, MPP, the MicroFlash, was, was the British version of a flash handle that they used. Right. The, and... di the difference being it had a black it's the the end of it had a had a black covering on it and um you know right. you, when you look at uh, yeah if you look at his like and his again they just put the same basically did the same thing they threw the grips on um in in the case of his it was six and uh they put um they put bubbles in the um on that strip on the clamp yeah and and it you know it has i've always thought it has a pretty similar look and style to to luke's anyway you know it just yeah. has a little more black on it and, and it and it works pretty good the, the nice thing i always thought about the sort of elegance of that what they did with the lightsabers in the first movie is they they even though i like all the weird exotic designs they've come up with over the years and and interesting things there's something kind of iconic about those two they, mm -hmm. they sort of look yin and yang to me you know you got luke the you know the, the, the on the light side and vader on the dark side and you've got uh these these flash handles that look pretty similar but there's a little more black invaders you know yeah and, and i always kind of like that 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 you know i especially when we learned you know that he's that he's luke's father spoiler <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh but but then it, it 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 made sense to me right that he would use or that he would choose something that was close to his old saber right in terms yeah. of the way it looks and yep. handles probably and things like that he wouldn't he wouldn't switch too much from right. what he had before right but the real and the real um unique one from a new hope is obviously obi-wan kenobi so yeah sure let's let's talk about that that's that yeah, that one it, i've it, always it, found it, very uh awesome you know it's awesome looking and I, and i like all the background on the the parts of it too yeah i i can't i'm off the top of my head i can't remember every single part but i mean it included a a a, a grenade is is part of it a sink handle is part of it from right a, from a, a, yeah a sink i mean it's got some crazy and in the middle portion of it it has a gra it has a clamp just like a, a graphlex it has an actual graphlex clamp in the middle but uh and then yeah the um the the emitter i think was um was like a, it was like um not a drain i can't remember where they they source but those were supposed those, to be from uh, uh, supposed to be from like a jet a jet part i think like a part yeah, of a jet it, engine right. i mean and they, they they literally found identified each part that went into that saber i think there's like five or six components that go to making it yeah. that were stuck all stuck together and even found like places where you could actually get your hands on the actual those actual items, so you could build an Obi Wan saber that was literally not a replica, but identical to what they used on set. So right again, grabbing real parts and putting it together. The um, you know the the the, the World War uh, I think World War One grenade thing, especially in the center, is kind of the standout piece yeah. that you know gives yeah. it its unique look. I've always liked it because to me it looks like a. Uh, kind of like it's a heat sink almost right yeah it right, kind of exactly. looks like it's dissipating some of the sabers you know heat and power mm -hmm. and uh and so that it makes it uh it makes it always makes it look more kind of like it's doing something to me you yeah, know in a, exactly. in a way and um and then yeah you're right the sink handle you know the little jet engine part the 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 it's just uh really cool and the other neat thing about that they what they did especially with that one i thought even more than maybe Luke or Vader's is they really weathered the heck out of it too. Yep. You know, well, they're, I, or, I, I, or, or those parts just were all that beat up. <laughs> well, both a little, you're right. You're right. It, it, it's probably a bit of both. It's probably, yeah. it's probably a bit of both. The, the reason I kind of, uh, point that out a bit more is master replicas, which was, you know, one of the big companies that was making a lot of replica sabers 
and other Star Wars props and, and, and stuff. The um, they're gone now, but yeah. uh, which is which always saddens me still. So. I know that was a great company. Yeah, and it, you know, was what I, what I liked about when when Master Replicas was doing things is you know they I thought that they did a really good job. I didn't think you know the prices were not low, but they weren't astronomical. And, and and these days we've gotten into you know some of these companies that are that are working EFX and a couple of others. I, I don't know. I just I find you know. I find that they've really gone, and and I, maybe that's because of Star Wars and the popularity and the new movies and all. But they've gone like two or three notches higher in price. But I don't think that the quality is that. It, it maybe is even as good as what they were doing back with Master Replicas. Hey, Matt, and Master Replica items, I mean, retain a tremendous amount of value. They, they, yeah, they don't no. appreciate. So. Yeah, and they and they did well. What I was going to get to with um, that commentary was um, I have Obi Wan's. Uh, lightsaber both mm -hmm. they put out a they called it as built by right you, right, you remember yeah. that so so i have the the one you see in the movie all beat up and weathered looking and then i have the um the as built by and and i just really like having both just to show the you know kind of the wear and tear idea you know of of uh and, and maybe maybe one day if we ever get an obi-wan film Maybe we'll see him build this thing, and we'll see it in a cleaner version. I think that would be great. Yeah. That would be yeah, def super definitely. cool for us. Yeah, they, us they, prop they brought nerds. it. They, <laughs> they brought it back. So Ewan McGregor is um, swinging one, swinging a version of that in Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. So you know, there's and they have, they made a replica of that, and it's, it obviously looks a lot cleaner and a lot newer. But um, yeah. yeah, it would be fun to see him. Uh, wielding that one one again in a in a, a new film yeah there's been a lot of talk about that lately too because it, you know i guess there have been some uh i think he was at some of the award shows or something recently and he had his little obi-wan beard going you yeah. you and mcgregor and everybody's like <laughs> yep. oh are you filming are you filming what are you doing what are you doing you know and uh Oh my god! I just pulled up on eBay. You're a master replicas as built by limited edition for twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think most of the master replica sabers were. I mean, they weren't cheap to begin with. I think they were in the three four hundred or something at the time. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but the um, but yeah, and and I have the same. Uh, well, not not to split off. Maybe this is a good time. I guess we can. We'll still keep talking lightsabers, but. Um, Let's talk about so so Luke then in Empire had a sort of modified version of the one you see in A New Hope, tinkered, yeah, they, tinkered uh, and I, changed I, a little. I, yeah, I think they there's there's a there's a photograph of Mark Hamill standing next to George Lucas um, in Tunisia and Mark's in costume and his light the lightsaber is hanging on his belt, and you notice there's a a gap between two of the grips because one of them had fallen off and so i think that they they probably just glued these things on and over the course of the filming they started to fall off and so when they went back and put to make empire strikes back they decided to put little they they only used six grips they put little notches at the bottom of the grips and and put a rivet in to hold the grips in place so they wouldn't right. fall off yeah and that that created a, a different look and i think what also happened is that on their on the prop that they were using, there's a glass eye on the bottom of the um, of the flash handle that I, they I think they lost. I think it came loose and it fell out. So instead of replacing it with another glass eye, they just took another red button like that's on the top of the of the graphlex and just put it on the bottom. So the the, the yep. Luke to the Luke Empire Strikes Back saber has a red button on the top and on the bottom 
the notch grips and they also lost the um, bubble strip from the calculator and so instead they put in a circuit board from a from a calculator again another calculator part right yeah, yeah. but they, <laughs> they put a gold it's a gold circuit board that they put in there because they probably just thought it looked a little more techy um, and the um, the the d-ring is a little bit different the what's holding the d-ring on so and what's fun about it is that obviously they were doing this for practicality purposes because they were just trying to make the prop last longer but it's given you and i and you know thousands of people the opportunity to buy so many different versions of oh these. yeah of course so we can yeah. keep making them and making them because they're all they're all it can be maddening sometimes because guess what in um in revenge of the sith or even yeah revenge of the sith when when anakin has to has to ha makes his graph legs it still looks different from these. They, they, you know, they, they, they got rid of the notch and the grips, but it, it's, it looks like a, a blending of the New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back one. And then in Force Awakens and now Last Jedi, that saber is, is different yet again. It's, just, it's funny from a continuity standpoint. It can be a little, it can be maddening if you just want to have one version of it because there's really no one version that's right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the yeah, what what we saw in Empire, let, you know, eventually became what got handed uh, by Maz to to Ray, yes. or, or to Finn, or whichever. You know, like you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. I'm like, you know what, dudes and dudettes, I'll take it. Give it to me. I'll take that lightsaber. You know, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. You know what we haven't, you know, not not to split off too much, but it's all Star Wars nerd nerd nerding out or nerd fest. Yeah. But yeah. You know, one thing I was thinking about as we're talking here is, is the whole business of the connection of the lightsaber, you know, and what Ray sees, you know, in, in her mind or hears in her mind, like when she's being taken from her parents, right? Yeah. And, and you know, now that I'm thinking back, since now that we've seen, uh, and, and spoiler alert for the new movie, The Last Jedi, but we're we're pretty much a month past that, so, you know, get with it, people. But... Um, <laughs> But you know what? What we're told in 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 the Last Jedi is their parents. You know, there's no connection to Skywalkers, right? So yeah. what I'm what I'm getting at is, so what is it? Just her awakening to her abilities with the Force and seeing the past, present, future type of stuff that she the lightsaber is somehow triggering that because there's no connection for her to that lightsaber now, right? No, so, yeah, yeah. So I, what, I, what's what's was that just J.J. Abrams doing J.J. Abrams lost? type of thing and like I'm going to just screw with you people you yeah, know? and I know maybe they didn't think at the time whether she was or wasn't a Skywalker maybe they did maybe they did know then I don't know well they originally you know the, the, she was witnessing Luke and Vader at Cloud City having their fight because she's she you see her in that flashback or that force back or whatever they want to call it walking through a hallway that's a set that is identical to the one of the hallways. Right, on so there's this connection with the saber being, you know, Luke's weapon at that time. Right, right. so that that yep. makes sense. But it, but also this business with her, her stuff though, her. Yeah, you know, I, what is that I, all? That that seems like an odd thing. Maybe it's just her awakening and connecting to the Force, and yeah, so it's that's, all there. That's, way, that's how I read it. I, I yeah. I, 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 you know, when people can, you know, make comments about Ray not being a Skywalker and that they're disappointed in that, or, and or how is it that Ray can be so strong in the Force without training? You know, my attitude is that we're seeing something in Ray that's very unique that we've never seen before. That the the Force is basically manifesting itself through her, like she's a conduit for the Force to a bit. Yeah, I can I can go along with that. Will right. Yeah. So, so anyway, that yeah. I, I, 
I assume that her touching touching the, the lightsaber isn't as important. I mean, I don't necessarily think that that was what triggered it. I think the Force just used that as an opportunity to say, hey, you know, this is this greater galaxy in this world that you live in, and you need to become part of this. And, well, it also uh, brings into this, you know, they, they, they've been sort of piece, piecing out a little bit more, like call it Force powers, Jedi powers, whatever you want to call it, right? So, yep. so one thing here that you can kind of gather from that that I'm just sort of thinking about out loud right now is that objects and things sort of resonate or have well you know yoda kind of says it right the force is everywhere it's in everything kind of a thing right yeah so so, so the idea here is that you know uh, a strong enough user and and uh, of the force and connected to the force person would be able to maybe touch an object or see things you know almost like a dog getting a scent that, that's yeah. probably a bad yeah. analogy but we're both dog owners <laughs> so we get it yeah. uh, but but anyway you know what i mean though they, they they're they're pulling in little things here that make it really interesting really yep. and and there ain't no midi chlorines in uh in the lightsaber so uh yeah. you know <laughs> and just and just circling back to the lightsabers again um we'd we touched upon that MPP flash that was used for um, Vader's A New Hope. It was also used for the lightsaber he has in Empire Strikes Back. The only difference was the uh, grips were fell off again and were put back on, and they're longer on the Empire Strikes Back version. They go all the way up to the clamp. But then, I, it's un and and the lightsabers, they're, they're, it's still around the MPP. But for some reason, in Return of the Jedi, his lightsabers totally different it's a graflex it basically that has had a, a like basically a part of its end cut off and a couple of different like little things stuck on it to make it look different but if you go back it has a different clamp and control box but if you compare the mpp vader saber to his return of the jedi saber which is based on this graflex they look nothing alike it's funny that that they switched it and i've never heard the story a good explanation or answer for that yeah, yeah especially since those movies are supposed to be basically almost on top of each other right yeah there's i mean they literally are on top of each other so i mean yeah, yeah. i've kind of you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Rogue One, so I'm like, all right, well, I don't care. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> but but I, it, it is. I always think with all the people that work on these movies, this is what I think of Brian. I always think that if they do something like that, I always think it can't be a mistake, right? right? Like they yep. know everyone's getting like you know high def TVs, Blu-ray, 4K, all the rest. They know these things are going to be picked apart, right? Yeah. So yep. why wouldn't you just go, hey, dudes, we're making Rogue One. Well, it happens, Rogue One ends about, you know, 30 seconds before A New Hope starts. We need Vader, you know, to do this little stuff at the end of Rogue One. All right, well, let's get his costume like it was in A New Hope. Let's get his lightsaber like it was in The New Hope, right? You know, like, yep. why in the world would it be different, right? It, it's well, like... Was it was it different at the, in Rogue One? I thought it looked like the MPP, no? Well, I thought you know, I thought it was a little different. That's what I thought no. I had heard or something. No, no, just just I, it, just in Jedi versus versus what we see. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, yeah. So if it's going to be before a New Hope, it needs to look like the MPP, and it looked like the MPP to me when he was swinging around and wasting those fools in that hallway. So uh. <laughs> yeah, Vader being you know what I call agile Vader from uh, right from uh you know like like you know I, I guess he didn't stretch out after that for the rest of uh you know a new hope so i mean it's and a I, great scene and, and i don't want to split off into talking about rogue one but but the uh you know i just still feel that that was a bit 
kind. I, it was cool and it was neat, but I mean, my gosh, the guy can—he's moving like a like a statue, like a like a mannequin when he's fighting Obi Wan. Right. Know? Yeah. He no, should have just—you know—you would—you know. I mean, you know, I—I think you can always. Star Wars fans are really good, which is why I've always kind of found it. I've been kind of finding it weird the last month about what Last Jedi, but Star Wars fans are really good about sort of rationalizing everything out. We're we're good yeah. at like let retconning and figure, figure. So I always basically thought the reason for that is that he didn't really want to do that to Obi Wan. Like he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't really want to kill him. So he's or, not throwing or, him into or, a wall. He's not lifting him up, throwing him into the ceiling. You know, slamming him around or anything. But. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, no, you, no, go before, ahead. We we uh, before we leave um, the sabers of the original trilogy. Um, you know, obviously, then in Return of the Jedi, Luke has lost his on investment, so he has to. Somebody build found it. His own. <laughs> and that some ugnaught or somebody somebody found yeah. it somewhere. You know, <laughs> but that that Return of the Jedi lightsaber was the first time that they machined an a, a prop specifically for. The movie. So, in other words, it's not a graphlex. It's not bits and pieces of uh, of, of right. Of it's a it's a junk. pretty much a fully it's, tooled machine. It's a it's one, a machine. It was know. a machined right. They they right. took a piece of aluminum and they machined the lightsaber, and it resembles you know um, Obi Wan. It's a lot like Obi Wan's, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got one sitting have, right right here. Uh, yeah. So it has the same kind of emitter at the end. It has that those black the black and silver rays. It has a grenade like thing on it. Yeah, looking thing. Yep. So they, but that was the first time they they spent the time to actually fashion something specifically for the movie that wasn't a found item. That, well, no, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, for the in regards to lightsabers, that wasn't a found item. It was, you know, something that Luke would have. And even and I, in the movie, he has two different versions of the damn thing because I he's know. got <laughs> he's got the he's got the one that you see in close up when he when Vader takes it the from hero the one or the nice nice one right yeah right it's 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 got the gold and the black and the silver and the, it looks great but then there's the one he wears and you and, th- and is pretty much in every other scene except that one that's black and it's all sort of banged up a little bit and yeah. it's got some greebly things on it and it looks very different it looks weathered have it you looks- ever heard an, an answer for that have you uh, ever heard a good? Uh, just, I mean, like a, a, either a real one or a, sounded like a pretty good made-up for one. For why they had did did they forget to bring one to Elstree and they had like you know or or they just wanted a cleaner, nicer one for the close-up they stuff. Just, they just like I said, they had a hero version they wanted for the close-ups and and it, and it literally and people have screen grabbed every image of Luke in that movie with the lightsaber and it's always that what they call the version two, which is the one that's all beat up. Yeah. And it's only always the one he's using has it on his chair, it's the version two, and it's only when Vader is holding it in close up that he has that. (laughs) Maybe Vader just pulled a fast one on him, like, Oh, (laughs) I'm gonna keep this one. Uh you can have this junky one back. Right. I like the version two better, man. I think the version two is cool looking. Oh, I like them. Yeah, I like them both. I mean, there, there's something. I that's another one that I actually also have, like the the version two from Master Replicas and the um, yeah. and the clean uh, call it the hero prop, uh, which is what they're known as. The ones that have, you know, a lot of nice detail and look really good for close ups and things. Uh, yeah. That uh, I have that one both ways too, and I, I I like him in a way both, but but you're right, the version two is all over that movie. I mean, every time yeah. you, you see him with it, you know, especially at the beginning and the the scene where he's rescuing Han and and all that stuff, you know, it's um it's all all version two all the way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and, I think the, and I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and another reason why these flash handles were, work so well for their for what they needed them to do on set was because they're 
cylindrical and hollow, they could put in a mechanism to spin a rod, and that's what they'd have on set to when they're actually. Yeah, fighting. we haven't talked a lot about that yet. We should probably do it, but yeah, go ahead. So, so that you know, that's the way they did the effect or tried to do the effect on film uh, yep. in the early uh, filming of the movies. Yep. They, it's literally a spinning a rod that's spun covered in like like saran, like cellophane, so they would reflect the Super light. Super reflective so material, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can see on YouTube, um, you can see Vader and Obi Wan's duel in a behind the scenes kind of footage where there these things are spinning, and you can hear the little motors. And um, if you if you look closely, when Luke first ignites his his father's lightsaber in Ben's hut. You can actually see the wire running up into the back of the graph legs that he's holding to make the blade, make the blade spin. To make the movement, yeah. Right, and then but when they were done and they were looking at it, you know, uh, in in their editing process, they're like, "Oh, it looks like crap." So they animated the blue blade, and they, you know, thankfully they made it, it made it look really a lot better. Yeah, and they they even took it a step further with the you know special editions and even cleaned it up and made it even more uh, distinct. Yeah. Uh, you know, yep. those those films of obviously everybody knows the. Uh, they they've been tweaked and modified and and adjusted and cleaned up over the years. So yeah, you you always you know see the um, improvements in the. I always say okay, I can tell you. You just show me any lightsaber fight or or anything in any of the films, and I can tell you which version just based on like yet, okay, you know it's like oh that's the crappy that's way way back that's an old one you know and and yet and yet in the Vader Obi Wan duel on the Blu-ray. All done up, everything's perfect. There's still a moment where Obi Wan is sort of backing up, and yeah. he's got his lightsaber out in front of him, and he's sort of spinning it around, and it clearly looks like it's fritz, it's like it's like fritzing out. It doesn't. It looks terrible. Well, I've always still, thought. It, I know what you're talking about. I know that scene real well. I, I've always thought that he's he's like messing with Vader at that point. I've always thought well, that was intentional where he's like it's either he's intentionally like engaging the blade on and off to kind of throw him off. <laughs> that's what I've always I never thought. thought of that. You never thought that? Oh, I, no, that's I great. thought that I like since it. probably the summer of 77 since I saw the movie. I always thought that he was he was basically like, you know, with, with a lightsaber, the fact that it's not like a sword where the blade's always out. The positioning, I, I did a little sword stuff in, in college, a little sword fighting, and if you don't know where that blade is and stuff, I mean, you, and then all of a sudden it comes out, it come, you know, it comes out, doesn't come out, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. could really screw with somebody's timing and mess them up. So I always thought they was doing that intentional. Maybe it's just an artifact from the filming and the rod spinning stuff and well, all that. Well, that's just, and the, the reason I brought it up is that, number one, is that it's still in, it's still in the film, and it's just funny to me that they didn't fix it better. Or, and, and it's also an opportunity for people, if they go back and watch, when you when you see that angle, you can almost see the spinning rod. That's that's the only, that's the time where, where it's most obvious of what they were actually doing on set back in 1976 when they're filming the damn thing. Yeah. You can, you right. can almost see that that little rod is spinning in there uh, for the for the blade. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a cool scene, and uh, you know, I, I I do love seeing those old times where they were trying to use the the rods and things like that, and uh, yeah. And if you watch, you know, to, a, a little bit still connected to the lightsaber thing, but if you watch the, um, you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff they're doing with the new films, you know, Last Jedi, Force Awakens. Uh, they they have stunt blades in there, you know. They're, oh, they're, yeah. they're fighting. They're fighting, you know, full out with with uh, more or less almost like you know the ones that we we use at like cons and things. You know, they're they're, they're using yep. like an acrylic blade in there, you know, so they can you know hit each other and and, yep. and go at it and everything. They're not like 
they're not faking it you know it's not like they're just whipping handles around you need the weight and everything and you need the the feel of that so you need a rod or of some kind in there to to be able to to you know properly look like you're you know fighting each other so uh, yeah i mean and i imagine for the actors it makes it a lot easier to have you know even back in um uh, the prequels, um, they were still animating the blades later, and they were just basically banging sticks together. So right. it must be right. it must be a lot more engaging and visceral for you know Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver when they're swinging these things to have them glowing. And they, I mean, I don't I don't know if they make sound. Maybe they make sounds too, just to really get them into it because it can all be edited later. But um, yeah, they, sure. they they they're using really really great looking replica props that actually have a blade and, and yeah blowing. yeah they, well you know i've always thought too with the more recent ones and with the the technology they can do now and and, and you've seen a lot of the the stuff that we use and the, and there's even you know fancier you know better ones but but the other thing that they could do is is they can you know especially the scene in the in the force awakens at the end when they're fighting on you know, Ice Planet Zero, I like to call it, but uh, you know, where, where there you get the glow, right? Go, effects going and things like that on the snow and in the cold yeah. and in the dark, and and whether uh, you know how much of that is put in by other lighting and maybe a light up saber at the time. There, there's right. something it, it, cool it glows about on their face. You know, yes. you can see you can see the red glowing on Adam Driver's face. You can see the blue glowing onto Mark Hamill's face, and right. yeah. It makes it- Exactly. So, so they're, you know, that, that, yeah, all, all adds to sort of them getting into the moment too and, and everything. But, uh, so, um, I don't know. Have we covered sabers pretty well? I think we have. And we, yeah, we're already like 50 minutes in anyway. So we, <laughs> we can split off and talk about maybe some of the, uh, you know, the sabers are obviously for the most part. I mean, you got the bad guys with their sabers. And, uh, I don't even know if we want to talk too much about, um, you know the the weirdness of Kylo Ren's lightsaber, but uh, well, yeah, and I think it's, for it's the most had part, so it's, much like yeah, <laughs> you know, that, controversy. That was clearly, clearly <laughs> but, just purpose purpose built that way. But you know what's cool is I've seen a photograph over on the replica prop form of the Ben Solo saber that he reaches and grabs in the hut in Last Jedi in that flashback, and it's a. It basically is Kylo's current saber, but without the side parts on it, without the uh, side guard things going yeah, on. Yeah, so he added those later, right? Is yeah, the idea. And, it, and it's cleaner, it's silver instead of all black and everything. But, you know, it, it, it was nice from a continuity standpoint that they they made a, a, a hilt that that would have been his as Luke's Padawan that basically resembles the one that he he has in, uh, in, the, in the movies. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, you know, leave it to the prop guys in the prop forum, you know, to to uh, analyze and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, zoom in on every little thing. And uh, so let, the other big area that I wanted to talk about, we will maybe another 15, 20 minutes or something like that ish is is the uh, you know, we'll just call them the guns. Yeah. The blasters, the yeah. uh, you know, that that especially the stormtroopers carry. Uh, Princess Leia has her own little pistol, you know, Boba Fett's got a gun, uh, the, all the troopers and everything. So, so, you know, the, the, probably the biggie, I guess, is the Stormtrooper blaster rifle, right? The yeah, E-11, yeah. right? So yeah, go ahead iconic. and, uh, you, you were talking about it a little bit at the earlier part of the, of the show, but go ahead and tell everyone about that one. Yeah, so it was a British Sterling submachine gun was the basis for it. And, and, and the original trilogy, and 
and in the prequel trilogy, all of the blasters were are were basically fashioned from real firearms. So right. um, the Sterling, these Sterling um, submachine guns were that were there were plenty of them um, in the UK in the in the mid 70s. So what they did was they they put windshield wiper blades that looks just like the T track. I mean, maybe they even used the T track. I'm not sure, but. You see that in the barrel that sort of gives it a little bit a little bit of girth, and they put some greeblies, which is just a, a nothing word for stuff you find lying around. You just stick it onto something to make it just to break up the lines so it doesn't look ide- identical to something real world that you might go, oh, that looks like a Sterling submachine gun. Um, and they put a little like a little counter on it uh, on the side that came from a, it's a cartridge that came from like a a printer or something, and they put a little scope on the top. Right. Yeah, look some cables some cables go. Going over to the where the magazine was, and they they shortened up the magazine where the where the the bolts would go in normally, so that it didn't stick out as far. What's funny about Sterling submachine guns is because of the magazine sticking out of the side, you can't holster it on your right side because the magazine is coming out of the left side of the gun. So if you look, all stormtroopers have to carry their guns on their left hip. Instead, and, and I'm sure they're not all left-handed, yeah. but that was, they had no choice. <laughs> They'd be good for the- me, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. We, so, we, uh, you know, we only, we only can get stormtroopers, whether they're clones or we're, we're just constrip- conscripting people, but they got to all be lefties. Yeah, everyone had to wear it on, on the on the on their left hip because they, they just wouldn't wouldn't hang on their in a holster on the other side. But yeah, uh, and then yeah. you know Hans, famously um, Han Solo's gun was a, a broom handle Mauser, a German World War II pistol. Right. That they basically did nothing more than just cut the barrel off a little bit and then put a silver flash suppressor suppressor on the end and put a scope on the top of it and a couple of little greeblies and called it a day. Um, Princess Leia's gun was um, yeah. Well, one. One I wanted to say a little bit more about Hans Blaster. Uh, the um, the thing that always got me about that is is the the differences on it between um, the first Star Wars film and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you know yeah. where it went. You know the barrel got a little shorter, I think, in Empire, and he got a silver yeah. flash muzzle on the end, and yeah. probably a couple other little doodads. I think the scope changed too, right? I think yep. the scopes the scope are the, yeah, the scopes are definitely different. It's a shorter one in yep. Empire. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I've never heard, like, it, it was that to to just give him something? Like, I, I it's not the only blaster I've got. It's not like he lost the blaster, right? Or yeah, anything, I, so. I, I think they just, it, it was it was close enough. And they were just, they probably, maybe they couldn't <laughs> find the original one. They're like, oh, we'll just make another one. And well, I think they it's nice because to... it gives you a little sense of time, though, too. I, I like it when there are little changes like that. Mm-hmm. Be, because, yeah. you know, there was some time between Empire and, and Star Wars. So... So I, I like the fact that, you know, not everybody's wearing the same clothes, right, exactly. They they look like they look. They have a certain yep. style, but there's little differences, right? The Falcon's probably, even it, a little with, different. With, Han, with Han's gun, well, number one, they, Luke gets a blaster in Empire Strikes Back, and it's very similar to what Han has. And I think the reason they, they put that silver flash suppressor at the end of the barrel probably just it probably just reads better on film so when they were animating in the shots it was easier to say oh here's the end of the black the gun yeah the, you know the laser the bolt has i also to come think it looks here. a little bit less like a real gun too right it looks yeah. more like futuristic or mm-hmm. or you know it, it looks a little bit more like a space gun right this right. little space yep. blaster rather than just a gun gun but yeah. i think you're and right i think it does show up better too yeah, and they and they were consistent between Empire and Return of the Jedi as far as what he had and what Luke had. It was all that was the same prop for the for all intents and purposes. Right, between those right. Two. 
Um, I can't remember what Leia's. Leia's was a it was a smaller handgun, and then they stuck a big long barrel on it, like a, a fake barrel on yeah, the end of it. Yeah, according to what I'm finding, I found a couple of places. I I know it was a like you said, these things are all based on real guns. They're they're saying it's a uh, uh, like a uh, target pistol based on a 22 okay, yeah, that, LR that makes sense. target pistol. Um, yeah. So and and it and it's very sleek. You know, it's very it's very yep. small. Uh, and they just changed the barrel on it a little bit, made it made it real long, and gave it that weird muzzle thing on the end. She has um, she has pretty much the same thing in Last Jedi um, when she yes yes uh, yep. <laughs> it's a Russian Vostok Margolin target pistol. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, <laughs> so when next time you're over in Russia and you want to bring back, uh, you know, go to your gun store in Russia and uh, go go. Uh, Go ask Putin for you know maybe he's got a couple of spare ones laying around. So and then you know in A New Hope there other stormtroopers also had those um, those machine gun looking guns the sand troopers on Tatooine right and, uh, right those were actual German machine guns that they didn't have to do much with anything I mean because they look pretty badass <laughs> right they're the ones that are like three feet long that they kind of yeah. like carry around like with almost two hands most of the time and. Yep. Uh, yeah, with a, I think there was a rope sling on them that they could sling it over their back. Uh, but usually they're kind of marching around with them, and yep. uh, yeah, those things are pretty beasty. <laughs> they, and uh, even in even in the in the prequels, um, like in Phantom Menace, the Naboo soldiers have these really beautiful looking guns that have a wood stock and a wood handle, but a silver top, and those are actual. Uh, like high performance target pistols that they use for that. So those again, they 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 there's they could have fashioned at that point, you know, could have spent the money to create something from scratch, but instead they found these these target pistols, which are really beautiful that you can they're and super expensive, um, and then they use those for the um, the Naboo guards and everything when they when they they're assaulting the palace of Thede. Um, and those so the, but it, these new movies, um, Force Awakens and. Uh, Rogue One and now Last Jedi, pretty much everything you're you seeing there, a lot of that is stuff they're making from scratch. They're 3D printing stuff now so that they can design it, you know, however they want. And I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the the weapons and the props, uh, as far as like the combat props of the new films. As yeah, I feel I feel a little the same. I feel I feel kind of like they've they've kind of like, you know, I I get. I get why they do that. You know, they, they certainly have the money, right? There's no longer like the early days where there was a money problem where like, hey, you know, go find me some old guns <laughs> and go to a, go to basically, you know, they did a lot of junkyard, um, you know, where they would just go out to the junkyard and, and get junk and then add it, stick it on parts. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, like, like I'm not a big fan of the pistol that, that Ray gets from, from Han and, and yeah, you know, yeah, I, I like, think it looks kind of goofy, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and I would have preferred that he handed her like something that looked like his, you know, his pistol a little bit for some reason. I, I don't know. That's just me being old school Star Wars guy, I guess, maybe a little bit, but, uh, but there's something cool and, and authentic about using something that's like, um, you know, this is a weapon and, and, and to a lot of people's brains, I think it immediately goes, okay, yeah, that looks like a gun to me. Yeah, no, I agree. There's just something like, like the, the gun that, um, Finn has I, I I don't like it. It's just I, I don't know. It's just n n none of the stuff's really landing with me as far as looking at them. But yeah, I'm still maybe, cool you know, with the lightsabers. I I'm okay, but I, but even that they have we haven't 
really seen much, truthfully. Right. Right. Yeah. We they they pull out you know Luke Luke's from you know Empire, and uh, and and this Kylo Ren whatever it is, and uh, and then you know that's basically it. So yeah. uh, so far at least. Um, yep. How about Boba Fett? Yeah, it was a again. It was it was a it was a real gun. I, I can't. It was a, a Webley. Um, yeah, yeah, right. It, yep, that's what I. That's my my references here. Yeah, there, it's a Webley and Scott. Uh, it's actually a it's a flare gun. It's a thirty seven millimeter flare gun. It's not a okay, right. bullet shooting yeah. gun. It's a, it's a flare gun, and uh, you know the the front of it if you if you see it, and then it was pretty heavily modified. Yeah. Um, for you know they threw a scope on it. They threw you know some some of those fin veins kind of thing again. Yep. Um, yep. It kind of has that sort of idea of a, of a shotgun kind of a thing, you know, being a yep. bounty hunter. It has that kind of big stock, you know, that he holds. And uh, it's sort of like, in, you know, uh, this, this outer space version of, of that. Um, yep. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I mean, the, the, the Rebels have some... Uh, you know, on Hoth, they have a lot of uh, blasters there that they're. I think they're they're mostly also World War Two era guns. Yep. German, a lot of German guns used in these movies. Yeah, I guess because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of German guns still laying around in places is my is what I always think. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's funny that we're talking now that we're talking about like guns and blasters and repurposing found, you know, real real world firearms into props for films and we started off this conversation talking about Blade Runner because let's face it our favorite gun of all time has yes. got to be the Deckard <laughs> Blade Runner blaster <laughs> yeah it, it's it's definitely up there on my list I mean I've always liked the Han blaster I mean there's nothing cooler than having that on the on the side of your hip and and you I know, like Mel's gun rep- from, from, from Firefly uh, yeah, yeah, I have a yeah, couple right. of master replicas of the Han blaster. Yeah, uh, but um, and they got a pretty good. If anyone out there is interested, and we can probably wind wind this down a bit, but um, Airsoft um, Airsoft makes a lot of uh, pretty nice replicas. Yeah, uh, and you were you were telling me on on a on a message or something that you have one, right? Yeah, I got the um, Airsoft E11. So basically, Airsoft makes a Sterling submachine gun version and then they wised up and they're like oh well for you know for next to nothing we can slap on these little bits and bobs to make it look like a stormtrooper e11 blaster and so and it's on, they're only like 175 bucks they're not super expensive they're metal so they're heavy you know yeah. as opposed no, to that, a resin for a those resin out there gun. yeah for those out there listening you know if you can get a, a anything like these things for under like a couple hundred dollars that's that's frankly a, a pretty good a pretty good price a pretty good yeah. deal for sure especially yeah. for a metal one i mean if you know you can you can find you know resin ones that are stuff pla- and plastic, ABS, plastic yeah. or whatever like but the, are the master replicas metal or are they metal and, and plastic no they're mostly metal they're mostly they metal are, yeah, yeah okay. they're they're heavy they're heavy yeah. they're, they're frankly not only wouldn't i really want to carry it around a con uh because of you know i don't want to get it all messed up or whatever but um but they're heavy that thing would yeah. be pretty heavy on your hip carrying it around all day um yeah. but uh but yeah it, it has a feel real real feel of a gun i i guess i mean i'm not a gun guy a real gun guy let's call it i'm a fake gun guy so <laughs> if anybody ever breaks in here uh i'm gonna have to just shoot him with a blaster or hit him with a over the head with a lightsaber but uh but anyway uh but yeah the, they're like you said a, me- a metal version is um 
is pretty uh that's a really good good deal and i think they yeah. make a pretty nice uh han one too as well i think they have a a dl44 pretty pretty good yep. and uh and, and the cool thing about the airsoft stuff is the triggers kind of work and stuff if you're into that or whatever that is a thing right you you can usually pull the trigger and something happens yeah. right in yeah in fact i i also have airsoft did a a full replica of the um pulse rifle from aliens because that's based off a, a thompson submachine gun with a lot of bits over it and airsoft makes a thompson submachine gun and so they made a aliens pulse rifle and it has a working like counter on the side with the numbers that, that close for the uh, on the on the uh, oh yeah yeah thing. yeah right yeah that that's super cool yeah i've uh that's one prop for some reason and i and i've been tempted so many times to to get one and maybe i'll pick up one of those but yeah i've never picked up one of um the alien you know those alien and they've done some pretty nice ones yep too. Yeah, yeah. and uh and i and i have seen those that have come out recently so uh yeah there, there's just a ton although when you were talking about the coolest weapon around i don't know i i think your logan's run sandman <laughs> deep deep sleep i mean there's nothing cooler than shooting a, a, a prop replica gun and having a flame come out of the end of it. There, that's well, you got you got that right. That's pretty darn. <laughs> that's pretty darn cool. You know, I, I uh, and one thing we should point out, I guess that that we haven't really said, although maybe it's kind of obvious. As far as I know, all of these, even though when they were doing the, especially the early, you know, original trilogy movies and using, you know, quote unquote, real weapons. Everything was all deactivated. They never shot blanks on the stages. I don't think they never. Oh no, no, did they, they did. Did they oh, shoot yeah, blanks? No, it, I thought. I thought that they everything was basically you know like non-firing, so it wouldn't no, even shoot it, a blank. It, it, you can. There's a there's a number of um of of clips from A New Hope of like when the stormtroopers are attacking the Tantative Four and coming down the hall or when Chewie and Luke are But is that the gun self. making the noises? Yeah, I've seen some of those clips and stuff. Is Are you sure those are the guns making the yeah. noises? That that's yeah. not like Ben you Burt can, or, or no, offstage something happening? No, you can, they're pulling, they're, they're firing blanks and, and on some of them you can even see the cartridge ejecting out the side of the Sterlings huh. um, as, they're, as they're shooting and yeah, because what would happen is that they would get the benefit of a muzzle flash when they pulled the trigger, and that would be the opportunity for the animators then to animate in the blaster bolt. So. Oh, okay. Uh, well, all right. Uh, yeah, because I was reading some of this, like I said, b before we got recording here today, and and what I okay now I'm looking at a little bit it at a little more closely. According according to what I'm seeing is once they got to Return of the Jedi though they didn't do any blank firing like in other yeah, words nothing i'm only familiar with the with the, the clips from a new hope i, I can't even recall well, i guess it's not according to this according to this they they're they're saying in both in new hope and empire there were instances where they were doing you know blanks and and like yeah. you say things being ejected but by by the time they got the jedi they didn't do that anymore okay all, all i think about is 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 that uh you know um what was his name? Brandon Lee and Brandon, the Crow. Yeah, Brandon Lee. Yeah, all, all I think about that, if people don't know, uh, you know, Brandon Lee um, died on that movie because he he from a blank actually. Yep. So there was something because there's a some, yeah in the barrel of the, of the gun, and when the when the uh, other actor pointed it at him and fired, what was lodged in the barrel got propelled out by the right by it the wasn't line. a re regular bullet but it was no, enough to and, mess you up basically right but it hit but it, it hit him it hit him in the chest and stopped and, and it, it it stopped his heart and he yeah he, he was killed 
Right. So, um, but yeah, so you're right. Yeah. So in the early movies, yeah, they were doing it, but then they eventually stopped that. So they, yeah, um, it's probably safe. It's, I, I imagine it's much safer. <laughs> and one of the things, you know, us prop guys run into, or at least I, I don't, because I tend to just buy these manufactured replicas, at least for the pistol type stuff and the guns type stuff. But yeah. one of the things I always remember reading a lot on the forums because of these real world weapons is the whole, uh, the whole tricky, difficult, and and weird—well, not weird—but um, getting any any a weapon, even a deactivated weapon from one country to the other, is, you know, we we think in America you can get all the guns you want. Well, <laughs> you try try to get some of these things sometimes, or yeah. I, you know, you know what I mean, because there there's a lot of difficulty in getting like yeah, you can't, you just yeah. can't, you can't just ship a even if it's a deactivated gun. Yeah, I can't just walk into the post office and just mail it you know you, you exactly there's, right there's so a lot of there's a lot of problems and i know the uk seat. especially has i know because there's a lot of uk guys on the prop forum yep. and, and i know that obviously they even have uh more difficulties anyway i've never really gotten into that part of side of collecting these things at all I just feel like nope, that's too much trouble to deal with for authenticism, whatever Rich, I'm trying to say. Richard Richard Coyle makes a functioning forty four Magnum Deckard blaster. So oh, basically <laughs> Yeah, it's basically because the, the, the Deckard gun the the base of the gun is a forty four Bulldog Smith and Wesson and basically he He'll just take a, an actual bulldog working Smith and Wesson, put all of the extra parts on it that make it the Deckard gun, and people take him to ranges and fire put fire real rounds through them. I've seen videos of it; it's wild. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's 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 yeah. I think I have seen some of that, and it, that's kind of like uh, you know a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit much for me, you know. I, me too. I'm like I, <laughs> I, I, I like coolness and I like stuff, but you know, it's it's like okay. I'm I'm all right. I'm all right with like not not going that far with it. I'll put it that way. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there we we covered sabers. We covered the guns pretty well. I I mean, what one of the great things, you know, I think one of the things about the original film that captured everybody, certainly captured us, both of us, I think, is the fact that. You know, this was like a lived-in world, and and the and the fact that they had to do this on a on a really tight budget, you know, added to that effect, or added to the the need to to use like, hey, what do you got? What's what's in your junk drawer over there? You know, what, yeah. what, what what's 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 in the back? You know, studio lot that we can just grab and use. And there's, we'll we'll have to do this again, visit this again when we talk maybe more about like the ships. Like yeah. you were talking earlier, Brian, about, you know, how these guys have freeze framed everything. Like the Millennium Falcon is the one that comes to mind for me. And and we'll all the get, you know we'll have to get Jeff Jeff in on that. We should, because all the little greebles and all the junk on there, you know, the the fact that they you know, that they just cannibalized, you know, model kit after model kit for, for some of the ships you see on these in these films. And now of course everything's a CGI ship. So yeah. uh yeah, I, again, I'll, I'll bring my old man card out and say, yeah, the good old days, you know. But, um, but the, you know, it is it's super cool to think about and talk about. It, and I hope you guys out there listening will wrap it up. But uh, for this time at least, but I, it, you know, Brian, it's been great to talk to you again about this. Oh, stuff. always a this pleasure, is... man. It's oh, so much fun to get on and uh, and you know share the share our love for this stuff and oh yeah, yeah, and it's... and you know for all those people out there hating on Last Jedi, you know, give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my hey, gosh it's the current it just broke um beauty and the beast for it to be the uh, number one 
global box office winner for 2017 at 1.2 billion and change currently. Yeah, you know, I I just uh what I when I was saying that earlier about you know I always thought you know Trek fans we're we're the we're you know putting on our Star Trek hats because Star Trek Discovery's on tonight, which oh, is right. which yeah. is really cool and and you guys really should yeah, be I, I wa- like you should be watching I've... that series because all you people who who tossed it aside at the beginning you're missing out so um it, you know maybe it's not quite like any other Star Trek but is that a bad thing but anyway what I was gonna say is. You know, it's the it's the Trek fans that are like the impossible people to uh to uh, uh, satisfy, right? We're we're the ones that are the, the hard to satisfy. I've just been yeah. a little shocked at the backlash on on Star Wars. You know, I, I really have. Yeah. I, I, I I I find it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say, you know, I've not I'm not hearing it from anyone really who is let's say thirty or under. Like, you know what I mean? Like the people that don't have this, like, you know. It's in their chromosomes, you know. It's in their blood of the original movies, you know. My, yeah. my both my sons and, and and they're in their twenties, and you know, they loved the new movie. <laughs> my my older son, he, he saw it with us on um, on opening night, and and he, and he said, "Last Jedi." This is what he said when we were walking out. Last Jedi, more like best Jedi, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so I, 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 and they're not like easy to please, frankly, it's not like they're hard to please, but I mean, I, I, I trust in like, if they're enjoying it, you know, that's the right move. You know what I yeah, mean? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the, the, you know, the, the movie, the movie really is about these new characters and, you know, it, is. it would have been, yeah. it would have been really boring just to have, you know, Luke show up and just save the day by swinging his lightsaber and killing everybody. I mean, there needed to be conflict. There needed to there needed to be an arc for Luke to have in this story. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of having him? And I, I think I, I said in our, the show that we did back in December, I was like, you know, this was Mark Hamill's acting tour de force. He was spectacular in this movie. And even though he may struggle with how Luke is sort of being portrayed in it, that's that kind of a challenge to an actor. I imagine was probably very satisfying. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think it's, I think it really did, did a great job advancing the new characters and making me love them even more. And, uh, you know, my, my son is four, he's, he'll be five in March. And he, he, right now he's watching force awakens like crazy. And he's, he's memorizing like the dialogue. He's like, (laughs) so he's like, we were back in the day, you know, he's he's doing the exact same thing, but he's doing it with this, with this, with this movie. Um, force awakens and guardians of the galaxy are his two favorite things. Right. And he just, he loves it. And so it's great to see a new generation, you know, with, with some new heroes and new characters in that star Wars universe. He's, you know, it's a, that, and that's what it's about. And um, yeah, and that's kind of what it had to be. You know, yep. so uh, you know, I, it, like I had said, not to not to talk, do another, you know, Force or not Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi podcast. But I, I mean, it was a little, you know, once I went and I kind of like said, okay, this is this is what we're getting. I'm good with this, and I do love the new characters, and and I yep. think that's a big. I think you need to have that if they've grabbed you and you like the new characters you're going to be okay. I think that yep. some of the people that are having the trouble aren't really as invested yet. And I, I'm invested. I'm down with um, the new characters, even yep. the bad ones. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I thought Adam Driver was terrific. So, I mean, oh, he did, just... yeah. <laughs> Blast that hunk of junk out of the sky. <laughs> they hate that ship! <laughs> <laughs> oh, if they ever do that like they did to the Enterprise, I don't know. I, I, I may then be this fan that goes, that's it. 
Star Wars sucks. <laughs> You've ruined my childhood. If they ever blast that hunk of junk out of the sky, I, 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 I might have to go into mourning for two or three years or something. So, uh, <laughs> that does don't do it, guys. Just don't don't do it. But uh, yeah. So uh, hey hey again, thanks Brian so much for Absolutely. doing this. And uh, yep. just hang on. I'm gonna stop the recording part of this. But hey everyone, I hope this was fun for you guys. Uh, we, uh, we certainly enjoyed it and, yep. and that's the main thing. That's the most important part. We enjoyed it. But, uh, uh, next week, actually, I'm going to be back next week. I, I'm planning on doing a, uh, a look at what we, where we are with, uh, Star Trek Discovery at, at this stage and up to this point. So, uh, I'm going to kind of flip through the episodes, bring out some highlights and talk about Discovery because, I'm really enjoying it a lot. I, I mean, it's gone to a place now which uh, which was surprising, but it, it's really cool. So spend $5.99. You know, all you got to do is wait about another month. You can spend $5.99 and watch the whole freaking thing So, because it'll be over in early February for the yep. season. So uh, yep. if you really and, – and I think, frankly, you can get a one-week trial. <laughs> so so you can p- spend zero. Spend zero if you really, <laughs> really can't handle that $5.99. And watch it all in February, so because uh, because I I think you'll enjoy it. So all right, Brian. Well, uh, thanks again. And yep. this has been the Star Wars Prop Nerd Festival. <laughs> so <laughs> take care, everybody. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.